I'm here with Craig Brewer, director of award-winning films like Black Snake Moan, Dolomite Is My Name, and the Oscar-winning Hustle and Flow. Craig Brewer, thanks so much for being here, and how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thrilled to talk with you. Um, Briefly, for listeners who don't know, the Arkansas Cinema Society is screening two of your films this weekend. That's at the uh, Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts, new, beautiful new building there. Uh, first, that's Friday night, August the 11th at 6.30 is Hustle and Flow, followed by a Q&A with you. And then on Saturday the 12th, you're giving a workshop on writing and directing. That's four in the afternoon. And then Saturday evening at 7.30. Uh, your feature debut, The Poor and Hungry, is going to be screening. So anyone uh, who's interested, and you should be, because that's all going to be really great, uh, go to ArkansasCinemaSociety.org, and there's a link in the show notes as well for more information and tickets. But I'm so thrilled to talk to you today. Um, you live in Memphis, and you're headed here to Little Rock this weekend, another southern city. Looking at your films that you've directed, the South seems to be important to you. Most of your films take place in the South or are about Southerners. And also a lot of them just have a really Southern feel to them. Um, when I first think about the film Hustle and Flow, the first thing that pops in my head is the sound of DJ's voice and that incredible Southern accent that uh, Terrence Howard gives in that film. Uh, what is it about the South that you find so compelling as a storyteller? Um, I believe, uh, you know, when I was a... Uh... I was like in junior high it, it's it's is when i started like really connecting with uh southern storytellers my i had a really great aunt named mary jean um still with me but uh, sh uh she gave me a book of um she gave me two things she gave me bruce springsteen's album nebraska and um this was back when like you know born in the usa was really big mm -hmm. And she said, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen uh, was really inspired by this book of short stories by this woman, Flannery O'Connor. Mm -hmm. And so I started reading a lot of Flannery O'Connor. I started uh, seeing plays by Tennessee Williams. And and I I felt like I was connecting to them because of just, you know, my my mother, my father, their relationships with, with their parents that were all from, uh, you know, areas just outside of Memphis, Tennessee. And, mm -hmm how every time I was with my my relatives, there was just constantly this need to kind of connect with heritage, with history, uh, with, with um, you know, uh, dates and history and where people came from and conflict. And it, it just seemed like this big stew of, of, of mess and, and, uh, and, and, and wonderful stories where, uh, it, it, it always, I always tell people, it reminds me of, you know, Southern stories and characters are kind of like, you know, good soul food or, or <laughs> country eating, like everything kind of gets on each other and, mm, <laughs> you know, you yeah. don't want to keep the food too separate. Uh, everything kind of blends a little bit and then, and that's, that's part of the, the magic of it all. But, uh, I started writing and I, I, I would, I would write you know, uh, about, you know, just my own personal experiences. But the more I, I started to live in Memphis, Tennessee, I just soaked up the area like a sponge. And I, I was constantly uh, uh, writing characters that I saw or that I was related to. And, uh, and um, I, I just found I felt very much at home, I, I could, I could get the language down, I, I wasn't uh, afraid to go into uh, certain areas of story and of character. Uh, and I, I don't think that I really had much judgment in me. And uh, I think that's another uh, trait of Southern storytellers is 
you know, fixing your eye or your lens or your your pen on a character that that maybe somebody would not think is a a, a, a good person or mm-hmm. or like a heroic person, and yet you find yourself oddly compelled by them. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely rings true thinking about your films. And, you know, I'm sure like the phrase deeply flawed protagonist has probably been thrown around about a lot of your movies. That makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Hustle and Flow being one of those that came out in 2005. And that was kind of your breakout film. Uh, when that came out, I was a little bit too young to watch it at that point. I've seen it since. Uh, but I did watch the Oscars every year with my family. Um, so Terrence Howard was nominated for Best Actor for the film. And then it mm-hmm. won for the Best Original Song. It's hard out here for a pimp. And I remember being 15 years old. I'd never seen anything like that on the Oscars stage before. I was just amazed by it. Uh, but I'm just curious for you, you know, 18 years later, when you think about Hustle and Flow, how do you feel about that film and, and that time in your life? Well, trust me, I was in my early 30s. I don't think I'd seen anything like that either. And I, watched, <laughs> I, I watched it every year um, as well. I, you know, I, I look at that uh, as just an incredible achievement on all of our parts because you have to remember that, uh, you know, one of the real heroes of that whole project was John Singleton, the, the late John Singleton, who, you know, put his house up for collateral. He he financed the movie all himself, uh, uh, took a big risk on me and the material, but he was also a, a big uh, supporter of music from the South. He, he was a, especially more specifically from Memphis. You know, he was a huge fan of Stax music and, and Stax musicians. Uh, he was embracing Southern rap culture way before the, you know, the rest of Hollywood was, you know, he was having tracks by, you know, uh, three, six mafia and La chat and, and the late gangsta boo. And, and some of his movies like, um, like a baby boy. And, you know, if you remember, he did the, the movie too fast, too furious. He opened the movie with a new oh, track cool. by this new artist named David Banner from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So he was always kind of like on the, on the, the, you know, he, he knew what was coming next and he believed it was the South. And so when he saw my first movie, which will be playing on Saturday, uh, he really, he really fell in love with it. And, uh, uh, and then when he read hustle and flow, he, he could see, you know, he could see the connection, you know, both of the stories take place in the same world, you know, kind of the own, their, their own little Memphis cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when I when I think of like John there while we were making Heart Out Here for a Pimp, you know, with Juicy J and DJ Paul and Lord Infamous and all, all these Memphis legends in this little rinky dink studio. And then later they're winning an Academy Award uh, that to me, that was a that was a major win because it 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 basically was the completion of what we felt that the whole movie was about, mm-hmm. that you can be uh you can be little known and put a lot of effort into something and you can make something really rewarding yeah wow yeah it's incredible to think about you know that moment at the oscars and all of that just what a what a moment that was but in addition to so much of the the southernness of your work there's also a little bit of a common thread of music running through so many of the films you've directed um, and the films and TV that you've produced as well. So obviously Hustle and Flow and Footloose are very uh, music heavy, uh, but you're producer for the show Empire uh, and you've produced things like the Katy Perry documentary part of me. Uh, what do you think or why do you think you're drawn to stories about music? And did you always know that music would be a big part of your film career? Yeah, I, I, I've always, I think, you know, I was, 
I was a kid whose grandfather was a was a professional baseball player and personality. And so like sports was something that I think was kind of always assumed that I would go into. But I was kind of an awkward kid that liked theater and musical theater. And and I, you know, I'd, I'd be in productions of Oliver when I was a kid or damn Yankees. And, and you know, I, I, I'm sure that some of my my grandparents didn't quite know what to do with that. Um, yeah. But uh my parents were always really uh, supportive of me. Uh, but being a kid of the 80s, um, that was a real unique time for music in movies. Uh, you know, 1984, I had like Purple Rain coming out. I had Footloose coming out. I think The Breakfast Club was also in that time period. Maybe I'm off by a year. But I mean, the soundtracks and the and the cinema were just, synonymous with each other uh i would buy the soundtrack to purple rain and relive it every day i would I, it, it was a way that uh for for all of us when you would just see a movie in a theater and that was the only way you could see a movie you couldn't just immediately rewatch it or anything like that uh to buy the soundtrack was essentially buying the movie in your mind you know and so every morning i'd wake up to let's go crazy or i would try to imagine the sequences of when doves cry, when I would listen to it on my Walkman and the same with Footloose, you know, Footloose was a major movie in my life. It really was. I mean, uh, the way that the eighties, uh, did those music montages as much as we can, you know, sometimes make fun of them. They're really quite good. You know, it was, it was just this, this collision that I think a lot of people, uh, especially younger people don't realize that what MTV did, like, it was just like suddenly this new, form of musical movies were happening without it necessarily being like a musical like you know like filler on the roof or something where just suddenly everybody stops doing something and has a musical number you know you could have um a whole sequence in the breakfast club where mm -hmm. everybody was kind of like rocking out and getting high and and yet it would all be cut to music uh and so it, as i grew up uh, and especially being influenced by like the movie Amadeus was an enormous, a, a big moment for me. Uh, I, I started studying music. I started, you know, I was singing in choirs. I learned a lot about classical music and choral music, but then I started studying blues when I was in about like my, my seventh, in about seventh grade, started reading everything I could on blues artists and, and, you know, uh, voodoo and hoodoo, uh, culture and and how it was influenced by by the music and 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 vice versa uh every every musical artist from elvis presley to sam phillips uh to you know uh all the artists at stacks and and high records i i couldn't get enough of it especially when i was living in memphis uh and still do i i just would get every book i could and and i found that it inspired me just as much if not more than a lot of the books that i was reading on filmmaking yeah that's amazing. Yeah, this and Memphis is such a, obviously such an incredible musical city. So it's a it's like a perfect kind of match made in heaven that you have been there working for so long. Uh, well, you're doing the filmmaker workshop this weekend about writing and directing. So I want to ask you if you have any advice for young and aspiring filmmakers, uh, especially filmmakers in the South. And I'm also curious that you've worked with so many incredible actors in your career: Eddie Murphy, Terrence Howard, Taraji P. Henson, Samuel L. Jackson, Dennis Quaid. I could go on. What is your advice for filmmakers in general? And then do you have any suggestions on how to work well with actors? Well, um, I think the 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 first thing that I, I usually do when I'm talking to somebody who really wants to make a film is um, 
<laughs> excuse me, I, I, I tell them that they're in the right place. You know, you don't need to go off to Los Angeles. You don't need to go to New York. You don't need to go to Atlanta or Chicago. Um, you can make a really great film right at home. Uh, I think that what you need to do is that you need to see with the right eyes. You know, you need to maybe look at some area in your town and, and go like, well, that's an interesting looking place, or maybe it's a rundown looking place, or maybe there's some sort of culture around a business or something, but it looks kind of cool. It looks different. It looks unique. Um, you can make a movie there. Uh, that's essentially what I did with my movie, uh, The Poor and Hungry. It, it was a bar. Poor and Hungry is what P&H stood for, for this bar called the P&H Cafe. And I fell in love with this place and all the people that were inside of it. And so I just, I wrote a movie that, you know, predominantly was anchored in that bar. Um, and it's going to be a lot more interesting than any other place that you would go because it's yours. You know, you're going to be able to know like, ah, I need the right people in this place and it's not really working quite yet. Whereas if you go off to Los Angeles, you're kind of chasing everybody else's, you know, dream. You're chasing their vision. Uh, it's really best for you to create your own vision in your own home. I think um, you're going to be able to get a lot more done. Uh, it's going to be a lot cheaper. And I think the most important thing, it's the thing that I still hold with myself today and why I still live in Memphis, Tennessee is um, you want your community around you for your whole life, for your whole career. Uh, whenever I have a movie that opens around the world, I'm always in Memphis, Tennessee, because when people are coming out of the theater and I'm sometimes there signing posters they're not looking at the box office. They're not looking at, you know, what the reviews are saying or what the trade magazines are saying. It's just like, hey, man, I saw your movie just like the, I was just like they were doing when I was showing it in bars in Memphis, Tennessee. And that community helps you. It makes you stronger. It makes you feel more comfortable to be an artist. It makes you feel comfortable to fail, which I think is a real important part of it all. And uh, and with all that, you get stronger, you get braver. And uh, and I think that relates to how I work with big stars. I I don't I, it, you know, I think it was the comedian Neil Brennan that said that he, he said it so perfectly, uh, said, like, hanging out with celebrities is like driving the speed limit next to policemen. Like, <laughs> you, you're not doing anything wrong, but you're you're kind of on guard. You know, you're yeah. on guard because you're 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 worried. They're, they're, they've got such a such stature and everything. Yeah. But I think that they ultimately smell fear on you. You know, you gotta, you gotta just be, you know, with them, be honest, but also know that they're really good at what they do. You know, yeah. they're maybe making one movie every couple of years, you know, they're making like four every year, you know, yeah. uh, when Sam Jackson gives me a suggestion, damn it. I listen, you know, I mean, the man's made like 110, maybe more movies, you know? And, uh, but if it's, if something's important to me, I'm going to make my case uh same with same with eddie and terrence and all, you know and wesley and all these all, all these different people that others have said like oh be careful you know they might be yeah. hard on you or they may be difficult to work with I, i've never uh, experienced that you know I've, I've experienced artists that want to get it right and uh you gotta you gotta come correct with your uh with your your opinion and your point of view that's great well thank you so much for your time we can wrap up there uh Listeners, don't forget, Craig is going to be at the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts this weekend, August 11th and 12th, for film screenings and workshops. Again, details are at ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. They're also actually showing several Arkansas films as well, so check out the website and see all the stuff that's playing, some of which I've seen and all of which that I have seen are very good. So highly recommend everything that's playing. Uh, Craig Buer, thanks so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. Thank you. And cut. Let me stop there.